And so now we turn to this moment for meditation, these centering words, this time of silence where we can kind of gather ourselves from all the beautiful music and all the running around and the passing of the peace and saying hello and just sit and receive for a few minutes. Our centering words come to us today from Anne Hillman. Her poem is titled, We Look with Uncertainty. We look with uncertainty beyond the old choices for clear-cut answers to a softer, more permeable aliveness, which is every moment at the brink of death. For something new is being born in us if we but let it. We stand at a new doorway, awaiting that which comes, daring to be human creatures, vulnerable to the beauty of existence, learning to love. Let's pause in a moment of shared silence together. hearts anew to the word from the Hebrew and the Christian Testament. How well God must like you. You don't walk in the ruts of those blind as bats. You don't stand with the good for nothings. You don't take your seat among the know-it-alls. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. You're not at all like the wicked, who are mere wind-blown dust, without defense in court, unfit company for innocent people. God charts the road you take. The road they take leads nowhere. Our second reading comes from the word of the Christian Testament, James 3, verses 13, 4 through 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. From where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder, in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. 
Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, but you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures, yield fresh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You do not have because you do not ask. Today's scripture from James reminds us that prayer is powerful. We're all invited to pause and ask God for guidance and direction and, yes, for wisdom. We're also reminded that our motives need to be clear and righteous, not self-centered or to complete some agenda we have created. So how, when we pray for wisdom, how do we know our prayers have been answered? Well, there's many kinds of wisdom. There's that kind that is imparted to you at the kitchen table by your grandmother. There's the kind that we pick up listening to lectures in the classroom. And there's the kind that we're supposed to listen to that resides deep within each and every one of us. In this text by James, we are told to ask for wisdom in prayer. So how do we reflect on wisdom together, my friends, without sounding, well, presumptuous? (laughs) I mean, all of us have information on a topic or knowledge we've acquired in school or through reading books or watching documentaries, but has it really evolved into wisdom? As the writer of James reminds us, this wisdom that comes from heaven, well, it brings us peace. And it bears good fruit. So the question really is, how are we feeling? If we're feeling a certain kind of peace within about a decision, then it's a good sign that we're experiencing this wonderful thing that we call wisdom. So what we are seeking is the wisdom of a more balanced perception of ourselves and those around us as well as in our relationship to God, a more balanced perception. So we come together in worship to gain that wisdom, and it it comes from the Bible. It comes from the prayers that are spoken. It comes from this beautiful liturgy we celebrate together. But we're also here, my friends, are we not, to catch up on the lives of all these wise and wonderful people that belong to this congregation. I mean, we want to know how their week went. We want to know what they're doing out there in the community. We want to know what we can learn from them, how their children are doing, their parents, their loved ones. And this kind of wisdom brings us that peace that passes all understanding. And it brings us this strong sense of self-acceptance and love. So we come to worship today in person or online. Hello to be reminded we are beloved children of God. Because let's be honest, sometimes we forget. 
like when we're driving on the highway, in line at the grocery store, waiting at the post office. Remember, we are all beloved children of God. So we come to worship to reconnect to these core teachings of Jesus. And Jesus talks a lot about loving neighbors, right? And that reminds us the wisdom of self-love as well. So we come to worship, we pray, we give thanks for this great love that surrounds us all. And that is the true path to wisdom. I mean, the wisdom that comes to those who are humble, grateful, willing to offer thanksgiving to God who loves us without condition. When we come to worship, we are seeking wisdom, whether we know it or not. I mean, we don't necessarily gain wisdom from the words that are shared, but we also gain wisdom through the experience of being in this lovely, sacred space. If these walls could talk, right? (laughs) And we gain wisdom by greeting others who are also here, recognizing their own need to connect to this love. We gain wisdom by sitting within a community who is engaged in the wisdom of silent prayer. Silent prayer is where we find this inner wisdom. Or how about connecting our souls deeply to the beautiful musical offerings we receive every week? Literally, we can gain wisdom by showing up and paying attention. And it helps if you can stay awake. So worship is here. Why can I say that with such certainty? Well, think about how you felt on the way in the door and think about how you feel right now. For me personally, I know I'm better off when I connect to this collective wisdom in this place each week through participation in worship with every single one of you. So thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be in worship with you. Thank you for inviting me to be here in this moment in time, this precious moment, as we seek wisdom together. I'm grateful for these moments when I am reminded, as I hope you are, we are beloved children of the Most High God. However, I do have to admit this. The older I get, the less I know. I mean, it's kind of a relief, isn't it, this not knowing? I mean, many of you probably understand what I'm saying. It's like when somebody says, talk to me about your humility, and you start talking about your humility, and then you don't have any. You know what I mean? Okay, so it's the same with wisdom. Now, the wisdom sayings of the Tao, author Lao Tzu, has this exactly right. Lao Tzu says this in verse 56. He says, Those who don't know, those who know, don't talk. Those who know, don't talk. Those who talk, don't know. Well, I think I should just sit down. (laughs) Do you mind if we just sit in silence and then have this? Of course, I'm not going to do that. But I mean, we get what is being said. The wise ones among us listen. I mean, wisdom is gained by listening and learning from the stories of others. When we're silent, I hear, 
we have a better chance of learning something. So one of the oldest stories we know is right here in our Bible. In this collection of 66 books, if you're a Protestant, this is the story of the Israelite people and their relationship to God, how it begins, right? How it's strained, how it's celebrated. And these Israelites, oh my gosh, well, they disobey God, right? They ignore God. They worship other gods. They break the Ten Commandments. And then they have the nerve to complain that God's not taking care of them. I mean, in other words, they act like all of us. So many of us have this knowledge, this book knowledge of the details of the great stories of creation, the exodus, Moses and the burning bush, the Tower of Babel. You know that one about the manna falling from heaven? We've talked about that before. Noah and the ark. Jonah and the whale, King David dancing in front of the Ark of the Covenant, Daniel in the lion's den, Jesus' birth in a manger in Bethlehem. These stories are familiar to us, and most of us could do a fairly good job of repeating them. If not, look it up. So we may know these stories, my friends, but have we gained wisdom through this knowledge? You know, there's so many different kinds of information. There's things that inform us and, and things that we learn from. There is knowledge and there is wisdom. And ideally, we have acquired knowledge and it becomes wisdom. But let's be honest, that's not always the case. So there's five books in this Bible that are called the wisdom literature or the books of wisdom. One of them is very familiar to us, the Psalms. The other four Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, and yes, Job. Job is in there. And I would just suggest that perhaps we could familiarize ourselves with some of the other books. So let's look at Proverbs. Proverbs is literally a book full of wisdom sayings. In chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, the writer of Proverbs, it's accredited to Solomon, but the writer of Proverbs, whomever that person was, says this, Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Pretty straightforward. So to be persistent in our quest for wisdom, let's keep reading. Chapter 8. Chapter 8 of Proverbs is known as the wisdom chapter. Now, it's one of my favorites. I've had the privilege of studying it in Hebrew and English. I prefer English. <laughs> I love that the word for wisdom in Hebrew is holkama, and the word for wisdom in Greek is sophia, because they're both depicted in the divine feminine. And I'm just going to leave that fact with you right here. I'm not going to say any more about wisdom being a woman because I am so wise. So how do we obtain this wisdom, this chokmah, this Sophia that so many of us are seeking? So the first thing we need to do is let's just choose wisdom. Let's choose wisdom on purpose. Let's make it a priority, a life goal. So we can do this by learning to trust this inner guide we all have. Some of us call it a conscience. 
And let's listen to it when it offers us guidance. You know what this is? It's that still, small voice that the psalmist says we should listen to. And we also need to choose to surround ourselves with wise people. We want to seek the counsel of those who have walked our chosen path before us so they can share their experience, strength, and hope with us. There are so many wise ones sitting right here with us today. And then we want to find other wisdom seekers, sojourners, to walk alongside us on this path. And you can find them here within this congregation as we, work, as we gather for worship or for council or for committee meetings or serving in the upper room, on and on. So wise people do wise things. Look how someone is living their own life, not necessarily how they say they want to live, but how they're actually living it. The scripture that Tom read to us from the book of James explains this very well. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. So we are looking for humble, wise folk who guide us on our spiritual journey. If someone writes, I am humble and wise, and our name tag, I would go another direction. And there's also that adage, right? Let us learn from our own mistakes. Life is full of them. We are all human, and we are going to make them. Probably already have today and probably will this afternoon. However, when we choose to make the same mistake over and over again, that's that definition of insanity or the absence of wisdom. So let's go ahead. Let's make some big, bold mistakes together. But let's allow them to be a life lesson. Let our mistakes be our teachers. And we don't have to make all the mistakes ourselves. We can also learn from other people's mistakes. I'm hoping my adult children are listening. So being a keen observer of life and listening to your parents can be very beneficial. And here's the last thing I've learned about wisdom. My friends, it is a choice. I can choose to wake up and ask God for direction or just charge off on my own self-will. I mean, my day is always better when I ask for help. Remember, James tells us this. We don't receive because we don't ask. We can choose this path of spiritual wisdom by starting our day in prayer and meditation with God. And that may be the wisest thing anyone shares with you. We can choose this path of wisdom through humility by seeking ways to be of service. As the famous prayer attributed to St. Francis of Assisi says, seek to comfort rather than to be comforted. So we can follow the teachings of our beloved mentor and friend Jesus if we want to. These teachings appear simple, but aren't they so profoundly life-altering? There's a book called Wisdom Jesus. It's written by Cynthia Bergalt, and I highly recommend it. About 10 years ago, when I was an associate minister in San Mateo, I found a spiritual director at the Mercy Center in Burlingame. Some of you may know it. She was a nun 
so we were obviously very different. She was about 20 years older than me, and she was willing to sit with me week in and week out as I wrestled with these simple teachings of Jesus. And she recommended this book, and it helped me shift my perspective. And here's why. Bergalt, the author of Wisdom Jesus, is convinced we all should see Jesus first and foremost as a wisdom teacher of the inner transformation of the whole human being. The inner transformation of the whole human being. Jesus stood in the tradition of the Hebrew teachers in Ecclesiastes and Job and Proverbs, which is where he gets many of his pithy sayings and personalized questions, end quote. So Jesus himself provides us with the answers that we've been seeking our entire lives. Plant a mustard seed. Let your light shine. Don't hide it under a bushel. These answers are right in front of us, and many times we do not choose to see them. We pretend to seek, and yet we do not find. All we have to do is knock, and the door to wisdom will be open to all of us. Today we are here. Today we are sitting among wise, wonderful teachers. Each and every one of us has a story to share, thoughts to express, and wisdom to impart. We can learn from our children, our youth, our four-legged friends, and each other. We just have to open our hearts and let it happen. Open our minds and let those teachings of Jesus sink in and become our reality. Today, we can choose wisdom and know that she is right here among us. Amen.